0: The Ask a CEO Show is brought to you by Lorraine Gregory Communications, an award-winning agency telling personal and brand stories for more than 30 years. From strategy to production and execution, they are a true full-service agency. Check them out today at LorraineGregory.com. Welcome, everyone, to the Ask a CEO Show. Ask a CEO interviews bring us inside the corner office and C-suite for discussions with top executives about their journey to leadership and the reality of running their companies today. Our host, Greg Dimetrio, is the CEO of Lorraine Gregory Communications, an award-winning integrated marketing company. He is also the founder of gregscorneroffice.com So welcome, everybody, to Ask a CEO.
1: We're here with Bobby Herrera today, who has a very interesting story. He tells the story of the American dream come true. Came from um, meager means and now runs a company in the HR space that uh, works for Fortune 100 companies. Uh, Not only is he a leader, he's an author, he's a speaker. And he recently wrote a book called The Gift of Struggle, which identifies the positives found in struggles, which you wouldn't ordinarily think of it, right, while you're in it. And he believes that everybody deserves the opportunity to succeed and that the struggles are the things that bind us together and inspire us. So welcome to the show, Bobby.
2: Hail the underdogs, Greg. Oh, yeah, there we go.
1: Hail the underdogs. I love that. I love that. So listen, so you have a very interesting uh, journey uh, to the CEO suite. And maybe you could give us a little bit from the starting point and a little bit about the journey that gets you where you are today.
2: I'd be proud to. Um, well, my PhD and struggle started early. You said meager, I think you rounded up. Uh, I'm a student of struggle. You know, I'm number 11 of 13, first one born in the U.S. Yeah, uh, you know, I still eat with my elbows on the table, Greg. <laughs> Mommy's gonna yeah. holler at you. <laughs> I grew up in a migrant uh, farm working family, part of the you know invisible workforce. And picking fruits and vegetables for most of my young formidable years and uh, you know as my uh, as I you know entered high school and so forth I had a kind act that changed my life helped me start reframing my story and then I you know I joined the army raised my hand I'm a proud army veteran and you know I started my professional career after I got out of the army and went to college and then my entrepreneur, entrepreneurial journey started in two thousand two and and let me tell you, those first five years are the most fun I never want to have again. And uh, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm in year eighteen of that uh, story that I'm narrating. You know, God's given me more than I deserve, and there's not enough time on this conversation to share the long list of infinite mistakes I've made. And
1: well, yeah. maybe we can get you to share a couple with us. Oh, so you better, you better, right? But we can you know? Okay. I, I was interested with that that little anecdote you told about that life-changing moment. Maybe you'd like to share that.
2: Well, when I was 17, Greg, my brother Ed and I, we were on a return trip home from a basketball game. Yeah, you know, this is a bus story. It's the first chapter of The Gift of Struggle. And you know, on the way home, the team stopped for dinner. Well, everybody unloaded off the bus, except for me and Ed. You know, We didn't have the means to play sports and afford dinner. Well, a few moments after the team unloaded, one of the dads of the other players, he steps on board the bus and, you know, he teased me a little bit at first because Ed had outscored me that night. And then he said something to me that I'll always remember. You know, Bobby, it would make me very happy if you would allow me to buy you boys dinner so that you and Ed can join the rest of the team nobody else has to know. All you have to do to thank me is do the same thing for another great kid just like you in the future. And to this day, Greg, I, you know, I, I, it's hard for me to explain the wave of gratitude that came over me at that moment. And, you know, I, I graciously, graciously accepted, you know, before I knew it, I was stepping off that bus and I had no idea what I was going to do with my life at that point. You know, I knew that I wanted to raise my hand a year from then. Mm-hmm. But other than that, all I want to do is I wanted my future to look different than my past. You know, it's funny
1: that moments like that can have such an impact on a young person going forward. You had a tough start. You got to a place where you, you couldn't even get off the bus and have a hamburger. And somebody stepped up and said, Bobby, you know what? I got you covered. As long as you pass it on, it's a good thing. So that's a wonderful, wonderful story. So you, right after that, you went in the Army. So in the army, in the army, okay, you, you actually learned discipline. You learned how to be part of a team and so forth. So how did that lend those abilities? You became a sergeant, right? So you got some leadership training. How did that translate into the business world?
2: Well, many lessons that I've carried over, you know, the army, it's no different than anything else. It's a balance sheet, right? There's great things and there's, you know, There's, there's liabilities, there's not good things. Right. So, uh, but I needed it. You know, my frontal lobes weren't developed enough. Greg, I needed, I I needed to get the rigor and discipline beat into me and I was a hard way learner. And yeah, the army, uh, what, what, what I share that the most valuable lesson that the military taught me was, and I'll often ask, often ask entrepreneurs, like, what's the single most important asset that you will ever own. And I get some creative answers but I always get them down to what I believe is the single most important one, and, and that is trust. Like, regardless of what we choose to do, what service, product, or journey we're on, trust is the most important asset that we'll ever own. And serving in the Army really taught me to be grateful and to appreciate the value of trust and how to build it and how to take care of the person on the left and the right of me. And, you know, I've carried forward that lesson plus a lot of the, you know, you know, the debrief, you yeah. know, discussing the mission before, after, and during, like that, those types of lessons, they're invaluable. And Yeah, uh, I, I love
1: that. I love that about veterans. I, I would prefer to hire a veteran over pretty much anybody else because of that. They've gone through it. They know the pieces of the puzzle. They know how to be part of a team. You know, if we all work in silos, you know, that really doesn't work really well. So. Yeah. Now yeah. your company is interesting because it's a little different than most HR companies. But what would intrigue me was that you work for so many Fortune 100 companies. So now, starting in 2002, this is 20, right? How did you scale your company to serve those types of clients?
2: Well, you know, um, I'm very grateful. Um, we have um, we have a very strong portfolio. Of Fortune 100 com- companies that have extended their trust to us, and you know, I think it's just that—that's it, uh, Greg. And that, you know, trust is the most important metric that I measure, and I've built an organization and a culture that intentionally measures it. And you know, when it comes to you know earning an opportunity with someone, that's all you're doing is you're you're earning and doing whatever you need to do to earn the trust of the person across the table from you, mm-hmm. and you know, carrying forward that mindset and that mentality and, you know, little, little principles like, you know, service It's nothing more than just, hey, doing more than is, than, than is expected. Yeah, exactly. Just do one thing more than you're asked. And those types of behaviors are cumulative. And I've been fortunate that you know, we've built rigor and a mindset around that. And I've got great people that live that. So, so I'm supposing, I'm, I'm assuming that your training is pretty much built around that. It's all about good manners, you know, making great people, better people, you know, and you know, uh, like one of the things, anyone that's selected to be a part of uh, our community, I call my my company a community and, you know, I, I very intensely share the difference and trust is one of those main factors, but from moment one, you know, when we select someone to be a part of our organization, we engulf them in the story, we engulf them in the purpose and why we exist and how we expect them to behave, and you know, we let them know from day one, you, know, you were selected to make us better, so we're here to make great people better people and you know, better people are better business people. It's not that complicated, but it takes work.
1: Yeah, well, you have to have the focus. But, so that brings me to the next question, which also is part of it. the answer you already said. Culture is very important to you. From what I know about you and your company, the culture of the company is probably right at the top of your mindset. Well, inside and outside the organization, maybe you could tell us why that is so so important in the way you lead.
2: Yeah, great question. Uh, you know, I want to do. I want to take us back to that bus story that that I shared at the beginning, because as powerful of a moment that bus story was, it's actually one of my biggest leadership mistakes, Greg. In that I didn't share it until about year ten of my entrepreneurial journey, so it was raging like a, like an inferno inside of me. And I'm the only one that knew the story besides my brother who had been on the bus and my wife. I was afraid. I had yet to figure out that vulnerability is a key competency of leadership. I thought people didn't want to hear it. And, but once I did, that's what started the transformation from my company to a community. And we've been building on it ever since. And here therein lies, you know, the answer to your question, you know, culture is everything to me. It is the most important thing. It's a single only thing that I will not delegate. I own it, and it is my responsibility to enhance it, to make it better, to create the safety around it. And you know, culture is interesting. It uh, it comes from the Latin word "cultus," which means to care. And as a leader, the culture we build and the feeling of safety that we create in an organization demonstrates to our wonderful people how much we care. In other words. Do I want more for you than from you? And when you lead that way, it comes back to you several fold. And I've been grateful that uh, I've been able to build a community that, that, that knows that's how much I care for them. That's the foundation of a good company. Is a good It company. is.
1: Who understands that the employees and the staff are the business. Yeah. You know, without them, we're just sitting in a corner office someplace uh, playing video games or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. So I appreciate that very much. What do you guys do in terms of uh, corporate citizenship?
2: Well, the reason we exist uh, at our core is, you know, we believe everyone deserves an opportunity to succeed. Like that's the answer to, Hey, why does populist group exist? And what I am doing is bringing that bus story to life. So Populous Group has become my vehicle to pay forward that kind act to other kids who were born on the wrong side of the opportunity divide. And so we've built an entire organization around that purpose and you know, we've invested heavily. And I call it the triangle of love, right? So I believe that when you really believe in something, you give it the triangle of love. You give it time. Energy and money. Those are the three points. So we invest a lot of time, energy and money, that triangle of love into uh, bringing that bus story to life. That's it's wonderful. why we exist.
1: That is that's just wonderful. I, lo- I love those stories. Of people who are sitting in the corner of office sometimes get a bad rap. We're only interested in making money. That's so, much, so far from the truth. I can't tell you. Every CEO I talk to has the same mindset of the giving back. I've done well. It's my turn. And I, I love that, and, and I, I praise you for it. Quite frankly,
2: yeah, thank so. you. And you know, and Greg, one, one thing that if I, if I may, uh, because that's a very important point. I too have that share that observation. What I also share, and what I'll also encourage, you know, these wonderful strong men and women who have, you know, made it to that part of the mountain as a leader of an organization, is uh, your responsibility is also to tell that story, that meaningful deeply personal profound reason as to why you're doing it and i find that many are making that same mistake that i made not sharing that wonderful story and if you don't share that story then your people aren't going to know how to help you and you have to give them contribution that's That's something to contribute to otherwise they don't know That's part of my
1: part of my job is to pull those out, those stories that mean so much.
2: Yeah, and
1: yours was easy because I had heard it, but and I think it was an important one to tell. So you're pretty dynamic. You're an author. You're a speaker, right? But what drives you to share so much of yourself with others? Is it just purely to give back, or is there something inside you that says I I've learned so much, I have to give it back? Why Why is that important?
2: Well, you know, I, I get asked often, you know, hey, Bobby, why'd you write the book? You know, The Gift of Struggle. Why? Well, you, know, um, you know, my dad was a magnificent storyteller. I'm a storyteller at heart. You know, writing the book wasn't on my list. Uh, I'm actually a pretty introverted guy, uh, although I'm re- relatively extroverted, too. But, uh, you know, I, uh, I haven't done what I've done alone. And, and, you know, a kind act changed my life. And I made a promise to that man that stepped on the bus that I would pay forward that kind of act. So I'm paying forward that kind of act. Fortunately, I'm doing it, um, in a manner that's greater than I ever imagined. I'm going to continue to live that. But the reality of it is, is giving feels good. And, you know, I think we as a human animal are wired to have a spirit of generosity. And, you know, the more we give and, you know, I sign off all my emails with give more than you take. Uh, now that's not synonymous with generosity. I mean, with uh, charity, yeah. right? Like that's different. That's a different conversation. So I'm highly involved and highly demanding on the things that I say yes to. The things that I do say yes to get that triangle of love, and you know, yeah. I, I get to. And so, yeah. like, I'm blessed.
1: Yeah, you are. Yeah, we all are. Quite frankly, this is an easy conversation for me to have because there's so many similarities between yourself and myself. So the gift of struggles. Right. Okay. So yeah. chapter one is the bus story. Mm -hmm. And it goes on from there. Maybe you could tell us one or two of those struggles that you faced that taught you something very, very important.
2: You know, maybe a good place to start, Greg, if you don't mind, is, um, you know, about three weeks into basic training, uh, I was uh, up late at night. It was about 1130. I was polishing my boots by flashlight. And all around me, I could hear the other soldiers complaining about the night that had no end in sight, the morning that was going to start way too soon. And I remember for the first time thinking to myself, you know, I've been waking up in the wee hours of the morning to work in the fields since I was going to be in third grade. I'd been asked to leave the table because of the color of my skin. I knew what it was like not to have any money, very little free time and i remember thinking to myself for the very first time it's like there's nothing they can say or do to me in the next you know 2 3 months that i haven't somehow faced in many cases in a harsher manner and for the very first time in my life i started reframing my story and i vividly remember saying maybe all that struggle was part of the plan and that was a turning point for me because i started looking at my story differently and that's where i Uh, started reshaping what ultimately became my leadership philosophy in that, you know, we all struggle. Every struggle teaches us something. That's the gift. And leadership is sharing those gifts with others. And that was the flap of the butterfly wings of me viewing struggle as a gift. And uh, I've been grateful that I've been able to look at some of these big mistakes and struggles that I've had, many that I share in the book, and you know, I can I can mine for the gift. You know, it's not easy, but I've been able to do that.
1: So, when you've been faced with one of those less than stellar accomplishments, how how do you attack that? How do you attack one of those downturns, pitfalls,
2: obvious mistakes in retrospect? How does Bobby Herrera handle those? Well, I'm human, Greg, so I also want to make sure that I very openly share that. Uh, Uh, even though I've learned to reframe struggle, I I still think struggle sucks. (laughs) I don't openly go inviting it into my life, right? But what I've learned is that you'd have to be crazy to want to struggle, but you have to be crazier to think that it's not going to happen. So what I've learned is to understand the difference and while I'm going through it, to ask myself, Okay, what am I learning now? Why is it happening? Why am I? What am I learning? And where have I faced this before? This feeling, because you know, struggle. The technical defini- definition is you know, meeting some form of resistance, but it's the pain inside that's the real struggle—the self-doubt. So when I have those moments of self-doubt, uh, like I, like I go down the the trail, I climb the trail of questions. Right. And that's how I get through it. You know, questions open doors and otherwise remain closed.
1: You know, we're having this wonderful conversation between two CEOs, but what I neglected to ask you was for to tell us about your company. Tell us what it does, who it serves, mm-hmm. and and what's a differentiator?
2: Well, uh, you know, the name is Populous Group, Latin for people. As you mentioned, you know, we're an HR services firm. And the problem we solve for the world is relatively simple. Like we help organizations better manage their non-permanent workforce. Oh, different. So in English, you know, most organizations have two workforces, a permanent full-time workforce, and then a non-permanent workforce that's comprised of contractors, independent consultants, you name it, right? And that's frustrating and uh, they all have different rules. So we help organizations better manage that population so they can make better decisions. And, uh, but at our core, we're building something bigger than ourselves. I don't call my employees employees. I call them climbers. And so we've built a culture around that methodology that, hey, we're all Welcome. climbing our own mountain and we got to help each other get up it.
1: That's interesting. How big is the organization in terms of
2: headcount of employees? Uh, well, we have uh, over 300 uh, internal full-time employees, and at any given time, um, you know, over 6,000 uh, consultants working for us across the country. And, and it's national or, or outside the country as well? Uh, it's primarily national. Uh, we, do, uh, we do global through partnerships, but we have uh, also a presence in Canada. Our neighbors you. in the north. So, listen. I, I really want to thank you for for being on the show today. But I'd like to give
1: you the opportunity to tell people a little bit more about the book, the, the gift of struggles, mm-hmm. how they can get it, and how they can get a hold of you for more information about populist group or yourself.
2: The floor. Yeah, is your- you bet. You bet. Well, the the title of the book, as you mentioned, is the gift of struggle. You know, life changing lessons about leading. Uh, so, what I often uh, share is that, uh, you know, if, if 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 stories and learning how to become a better version of yourself, how to reframe your struggles, how to look at your your own leadership climb and self assess some of those wonderful opportunities that you have to get to that leadership summit that you imagine. If that's important to you, pick up the book. It'll provoke thought that will uh, help you take control of that story. It's simple. You can find it in, you know, if you're traveling, which not many people are doing much of. It's uh, a a big airport book because it was, you know, a short read. And uh, all major retailers carry it. My website's bobby-herrera.com, where I also share more leadership stories and videos and so forth. And the company email is? What's that? Company uh, website. Uh, it's on the back, of the back of the book. It's hello at uh, bobby-herrera.com. Wonderful. And uh, Wonderful. You know, uh, the website is bobby-herrera.com. Terrific. We're going
1: we're gonna to put that on the screen as well so people can see it. But I really want to thank you so much. And I do hope that you'll come back another time.
2: It was great to connect with you, Greg. Very
1: nice. Uh, yeah. Very, very good. nice. I enjoyed it very much. And thank you, Bobby. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'll send you the link as soon as everything gets out of post-production.
2: You're welcome. Hail the underdogs,
1: Greg. Thank you. Uh, Hail the underdogs, yes.
0: That's a wrap on another Ask a CEO interview. We hope you enjoyed the talk. We'd love to hear from you. Visit gregscorneroffice.com, click the Ask a CEO tab, search your favorite listening app, or view on YouTube. Click the subscribe button. And don't forget to like and follow us on Facebook. Until next time, goodbye from Ask a CEO.